It's been 40 years since a traumatic event rattled a small town in Illinois on Halloween night. Most of the residents don't remember the event, or they've just simply gotten over it. The night was an anomaly. To be quite honest, only a few people were murdered, and people have seemed to forget the events of that 1978 night in Illinois. That night is a moment in time so far back it doesn't even seem real, but it remains real to one of the survivors. She prepares for the night when the boogeyman will once again return to her small town and terrorize the residents for one more Halloween night. This is It Records. Welcome back to the It Records podcast. Halloween edition. <laughs> I'll add the ear horn. I'll take my, my effect out. You paid that shit? You paid that dividends for that royalty-free I, music? I do, I do yeah. I buy all that royalty-free music. Testing one, two, three. We're on. We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. Everyone in my family, like, turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? Who the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Dad, look out! The bus crashed. Mom, what bus crashed? Michael escaped. Excuse me, somebody's in here. Hello? for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out! Go home! Get inside! You don't believe in the boogeyman? He's here! Michael! You should. Can you close the closet door? So if you didn't pick up on it, this is the Halloween edition A, but from our intro, we're doing Halloween this week and 2018, (laughs) 2018 as in the one that just came out 
first time for us doing a new movie. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty exciting. I guess the the closest we had, I think, was oh god, what was it called? Get out. Uh, yeah, it was like a year, I would say. True. But Belko experiment, I think, was like the most like it was like the closest yeah. to it being in theaters because like as soon as it hit the DVD, we like yeah. picked up on it right away. Mm. I think was the closest we had to like a new movie, but like Get Out was like over a year. That's true. Of it yeah, being out, which I thought was pretty recent for us, but that's true. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is this one's just like super recent. It's a, been out a week, and <laughs> yeah. So I guess uh, how we're gonna do it? Spoilers here. Are we just gonna like full out like just say we're gonna spoil or and then try not to spoil as much or. I guess we should talk to him before recorded, but <laughs> yeah, we don't do that we here. Just, we're just it. We're going in. I would say we can say spoiler alert, but we have to bring up some elements uh, that might that might seem like yeah. spoilers if you haven't seen it. So we'll just just preface something that you think might be a huge plot point um, to the movie. We'll put it in the title t- title too, just so people don't get mad because it's it is mm-hmm. so new that I would hate to spoil yeah. a new movie mm-hmm. like that. This is 2018 Halloween by, oh man, I already forgot his name. David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green. You know, every time I, I think of his name, I want to think of David Allen Greer. For some weird reason, that's the name that pops in my head, and I'm like, that's not the right person. They did not direct Halloween. <laughs> but yeah, David Gordon Green, and he was one of the writers, along with Danny McBride. If you don't know, Danny McBride is basically that curly-headed curly headed guy who's in a lot of the comedies you know, and Eastbound and Down on the TV show. And David Gordon Green directed a lot of the movies they were in together, like Pineapple Express and Your Highness. And David Gordon Green is known for a lot of indie movies, to put it more specifically. Yeah, I haven't seen too many of his indie movies. I would say just it's, it's been like Pineapple Express... And your highness and eastbound and down i'm familiar with i saw uh um you've seen like pineapple express and your highness and i mentioned that i've seen prince avalanche by david Gordon green which was oh i forgot about prince avalanche yeah, paul rudd and emile hirsch and i thought that was really a good film but it's a far cry from yeah, you turned me to that um, you turned me to that movie and i liked it a lot. did i did it really yeah oh, you wow. did yeah you did i just I'm glad i did <laughs> That's a good one. I forgot when, but it was definitely you told me to. I think it was like I literally watched it as soon as you told me to. I think we were either recording another episode, mm-hmm. like er, er, like early on, because I was like at Netflix at the time. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So great, you know, for the evidence. But <laughs> yeah. enough of. We'll get into David Gordon Greer's directing abilities um, as we go over Halloween 2018. Which, for if you don't know, is the film takes place 40 years after the original, uh, Halloween 1978. And we have Laurie back at it again uh, in the hometown of, of Haydenville on Halloween night. And it's like, I think I like how... So I don't know how you were for fresh impressions of like the trailer, like how they just like completely disregarded all the yeah. movies, and I was like, I was like, 
that's a bold move. <laughs> but I was like, they've done it before. Yeah. They've done it in H2O, which I thought was funny because like Jamie Lee Curtis is in H2O 20 years later. This is 40 years later. And then what they do with H2O is that they do one, two is canon, three, four, five, six, didn't happen. Then here comes seven, and then they kill her off in eight because seven did so well that they wanted to do another one. <laughs> and here comes this movie. It's just like, all that didn't happen. <laughs> this is just a direct sequel to the first no one. Continu- continuity issues here. But that's the beauty of horror movies, because they are the only people that do that. There's so many other movies that just retcon shit, and they're all horror movies. I don't think any other franchise can say that they can do that. Like, can you imagine, like, all the mad Star Wars fans that want another Star Wars movie to just, like, oh, that didn't happen? Yeah. <laughs> but that's never going to happen. <laughs> At least, not as far as I'm alive, I would say. <laughs> Because I'm stopping it single-handedly. <laughs> it, it was a bit shocking. I mean, I wasn't surprised you said it happens in the horror genre all the time. But to be like, 1978 is the first one, and now this one, 40 years later. Everything else, forget it. Never happened. So Which it, works out well for me, because I haven't seen any of those. <laughs> it's perfect then, yeah. I would say still watch them. Like, there's still some good ones in there. You don't have to watch Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you don't have to watch Resurrection or Curse of Michael Myers, but all the other ones are pretty solid, in my opinion. And, or Season of the Witch has no Michael. If you don't want, if you want a movie that has Michael, don't go to the third one. <laughs> I have problems with that one because, like, that's such like a fan. Fa- like, it's like the lost child, mm-hmm. I guess. Like of like horror fans because they like like it because it got so much hate like early on and that's why like all the movies after are like don't worry Michael Myers is back because he's in the yeah. fucking title. <laughs> but like I think the the idea is interesting because like I don't know if this is true because it seemed like John Carpenter never wanted a sequel to mm-hmm. Halloween, and but if he did stuff related to it's what season of which was gonna be like how. The follow-up to Halloween would have been, like, Season of the Witch. Like, it's just a different thing happening on Halloween night. Yeah. I think was, like, the intended idea. And that just came out after the second one, which people were like, wait, what the fuck's going on? Where's Michael Myers? <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right, because knowing John Carpenter, he made Halloween because he was impressed with Black Christmas, which is yes. he wanted he wanted to make a horror movie around, like, a holiday uh, and do, like, a string of those. So I feel like... He just wanted to do Halloween, the original with Michael Myers, and he might have moved to a different holiday, or as you put it, like it's something else but on Halloween. It's something different. Now it's not gonna be a string of Michaels. I don't think Carpenter envisioned that at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because like he, he has like I've been listening since it's been Halloween season, there's been a podcast that popped up called Halloween Unmask and they really go into great detail about behind the scenes of all the Halloween movies, mainly the new one and the old yeah. one, like the original one, but it's really good. And it's, I can't remember the film critic's name, but she's like, she knows her shit, obviously, because mm-hmm. she's a film critic. And she talks to like Danny McBride, David Gordon Green, and John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis. She gets like all the good people, Jason yeah. Blum. <laughs> she gets all the big names where we're over here just talking about my <laughs> <my> <laughs> 
but she talks about like um like how Jar and Carpenter was so opposed to this originally like making the new one and then like Jason Blum was like I'm not gonna do it unless you're happy and like unless we have Jason like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis on board too I think that was the way to go and then like and then like it was like a 14 minute pitch that he did and he said that was like the most intense like pitch he's ever had to do <laughs> yeah that but yeah, Carpenter signed off on it and didn't direct clearly or write did the music yeah he mm-hmm did the music for this one as well was it his son or his daughter i thought i saw a second carpenter up there with him right i would say probably i think he has a son that does music yeah because there's two carpenters that did the music i was like oh that's got to be his son that's doing this movie with him mm-hmm. but i guess we're, now we can kind of go on track back to the movie since we're talking about so much of like behind yeah. the scenes we're not even talking about that we haven't even yeah. talked about the movie yet <laughs> i liked it so, I'll do a little spoiler-free stuff for a while as much as I can, but it's going to be pretty hard because we spoil stuff yeah. all the time. But I like that they, even though they retcon the whole series, they still make a lot of nods. I didn't even notice all of them. Like, I've talked about it with other, like, friends of mine that, like, oh, yeah, did you notice that? I was like, oh, I didn't know that was in that Halloween. Like, they made references to pretty much all the Halloween movies that came yeah. before because Danny McBride and David Gordon Green are such huge fans of Halloween. And they said the reason why they had to do it is because they couldn't find a way to connect it to all the movies. So most of the movies got scrapped right away because it was impossible to connect all of them together to this next movie. And so like, for a while, like Halloween 1 and 2 were the only ones that were left, and this was going to be a follow-up to the second one. But then like the whole sister thing... Spoilers if you haven't seen Halloween too, but I actually, I actually didn't know Laurie Strode was her sister was his sister for the longest time, because I didn't see Halloween too. I saw like see, I saw the sequels mm-hmm. afterwards. Like I saw Halloween. Halloween two is one of the last Halloween movies I've seen. Like I saw them all out of order, and I was like, oh yeah. I was like, I didn't know he was his his sister. She was his mm-hmm. sister. That surprised me, but I think it works out better for the franchise that it. It's not because it brings Michael Myers back to the original force that John Carpenter intended it to be because it was like this like weird in-between of a man and like a supernatural force. Like you just don't quite know. Like if he's trying to kill his sister, that kind of like, that makes him more of a person than like him just like killing for whatever reason. Like he's just killing people just because he's evil incarnate. Yeah, he doesn't have a motive. That was why the first one was so terrible. He was the shape or the boogeyman is because nobody knew what Michael was. He was a serial killer who broke out of an insane asylum and was coming after these kids in a nearby town where he grew up. And the other ones tried to give him a motive and a backstory, but that's what made Michael so ominous in the first one is you didn't know any of that. And he was just terrorizing everybody. And they went back to that. It, Except that he's... Yeah. yeah, they almost made Michael Myers into, like, an anti-hero a little bit. Like, even though he's, like, hard to, like, um, like, oh, I can't get behind Michael Myers killing people, but he's the reason why I'm seeing these movies. Yeah. But this gave, like, a different, like, like, you see, like, how Jamie Lee Curtis's character is doing. You see, like, how, like, Haddonsfield has evolved for 40 years, and it's, like, 
it's just like your ordinary town, but like you have Lori Strode fucked up like 40 years later. Like she's just like mm-hmm. complete, I would say survivalist. It's like also oh, isolated yeah. herself. She's like not with her, she's like not with her family because she had her daughter taken away from her when she was younger. Cause she tried to prepare her every day for Michael Myers. Like, Every day, Michael Myers could come back, and she lived like that for yeah. four years. Yeah, it really shows the long-term effects of uh, the 1978, right? Uh, 40 years later, so we see all of the aftermath from that. Yeah. I, I think that was... They did a really good job of developing her in that sense where it might seem cliche to make her like the survivalist where she's going to kill Michael... Um, she's ready for him, but I think they did a good job of developing her character that it added to the lore of Michael being this supernatural evil incarnate, as you said, Pete, where she was like, no, it's it's just like I, I looked into his eyes and it, there's nothing there. Like, it's not a person. It's the boogeyman. She called him the boogeyman. She's like, I'm just terrified. He's not. I know he's out there and he will come back like because. It was a good idea. It was a good idea to show that there is that supernatural element to this movie again. It's not just Michael going on a, a killing spree. Yeah, the only thing supernatural about the previous Halloween movies is that he just kept yeah. coming back. Like, but he was just trying to kill his bloodline for whatever reason. Because like, the the most interesting take that that the series took in like the fourth one is that uh, I think her name is Daniel Harris, that actress mm-hmm. who. She's in like a couple, she's in a decent amount of horror movies, but I think her name's Daniel Harrison. She's in four and five. And it's like Laurie Strode's daughter in that series, but mm-hmm. Laurie Strode is dead. And she has like the evil in her at the end of four. She's wearing a clown mask and has a knife. And like, I think she kills someone. I can't really remember. So it shows that like the evil can be passed on and knows like kind of like a surprising thing and like that was interesting but then in five they like completely they almost yeah. like disregarded mm-hmm. the ending of four <laughs> they like they like that she's still here and she seems like a normal teenager yeah. <laughs> it was just weird that they, they just didn't take it further like they could have like i think i like that angle of where they took that it was like kind of like evil being passed yeah. down mm-hmm. like that's kind of cool um, but they didn't like it. Just kind of stopped after that. Mm-hmm. But like this, it's just Michael Myers is this kid who grew up in a insane sound that killed his sister forty years ago, basically, <laughs> or even longer. Probably it was fifteen was it, like, years ago before the first movie. So okay, so I, yeah. sixty-five years. To be like, yeah. Is that right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or fifty-five? I don't know. I can't do math right now. <laughs> And he and the, the nice thing about this is that Nick Castle, the guy who played the shape, one of the people who played the shape in the original movie, is back, and he's still as menacing as ever. And they like show yeah. his face briefly, mm-hmm. which I was like kind of surprised by. Like you only see it once in the original movie, and they show you like glimpses, like profiles, and like him being obscured by like branches and like other things. And like I like that they didn't fully reveal his face. I don't know, kind of like, you like wanted to see it, but you didn't want to. It kind of like added yeah. like another thing to it. And I love the way, I know it's kind of like, I'm going all over the place, but I'm trying not to spoil it for as long as I can. I love how this movie opens up. It got me so fucking psyched for ho- like Halloween, <laughs> the holiday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was just like, 
these two podcast journalists try investigating the babysitter murders. Original title of Halloween, by the way. <laughs> and they're trying to provoke Michael with the mask. And then it's like very tense because like everyone else around Michael Myers is freaking out. Like the dogs, the patients, and like... And then it just like just goes to like the classic opening of like the jack-o'-lantern and like the music and i'm like i'm like fuck yeah i'm so psyched for this movie <laughs> yeah i really like that too because yeah it sort of builds up that tension where the dog's barking the people are screaming he's holding up the mask and he's like say something and it cuts right to halloween and it's got the pumpkin like from the original that they zoom in on but it like they do the same thing but it like inflates because there's like a crushed pumpkin in this one and it slowly grows catch. back into yeah light. yeah and they zoom in on it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then that old producer that was, he produced the, I can't, literally can't remember his name because it's really hard to pronounce, but he was a producer for literally all of them except for the oh. first one. Um, they're like, because it wasn't John Carpenter's Halloween, obviously, as you saw. It was, yeah. said Halloween, and it's like, I can't even, I know he's from the Middle East. That's all I really know. That's <laughs> really bad. Did I know? But his, <laughs> His, his name starts with an A, and it's like presents like they had he he's like been the producer, and like his son I think like has been a producer for like, like so many Halloween okay. movies, like literally all like that family has been like involved with Halloween since like the mm-hmm. second one, the original second one. Interesting. We'll look yeah. up his name because now I feel bad that I don't remember. Yeah, and as you do that. Uh, I... In this movie, and you mentioned there's a lot of like references to the original, or even just the series as at large. So it'd be interesting to, to pick out some of those that are more subtle, but one that was like that really got me, and I was like nudging my girlfriend next to me when I saw it was <laughs> when um, in this movie there's Laurie Jamie Lee Curtis. Her daughter, and then she has a daughter. Her granddaughter is another central lead in this movie. So it's like three, three generations yeah. of Lori in this film, and it shows her granddaughter in a high school class, and they're going over this lecture on fate, which is literally the same exact shot angle in 1978 when Jamie Lee Curtis is in that seat. And it's the same lecture. It's the same conversation. It's the same, it's the same yeah, lecture. And I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. That I did Remember not from know. The, That's pretty cool. From the original? And I was, I was like so pumped. And then they cut outside, which in the original was Michael staring at Lori. But then they cut outside and the granddaughter's looking at Lori. Jamie Lee Curtis is out there waiting for her granddaughter. So I thought that was just a cool homage to the original and just a different take. Yeah, I mean, the relationship between Lori and, you know, her daughter and her family is pretty strained, I would say, because of, you know, all the PTSD that uh, has been going on with Lori, I think. So that's kind of, you know, obviously not quite the same effect, um, seeing your grandmother standing out there uh, staring at you as Michael Myers. But, you know, probably (laughs) still pretty jarring. And then she's got, you know, like $3,000 for you. So, uh, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> More of a positive a... connotation in general, though. Mm-hmm. We got that name, Pete. 
I'm like honestly like struggling right now. Like I saw that the the guy from this one was Malik Akkad, and I could have sworn that name was familiar to me. Uh, but I'm not seeing it. On I'm like going through all the fucking Halloween movies, and they're just like all produced by someone else. And I could have sworn I've seen it before, but I'm not finding it off my first glance with Wikipedia. So I'm just going to call it a wash and that I mistakenly thought I've seen that name before. I don't want to spoil too much, but... Um, we're, almost, we're almost at that point. <laughs> yeah, I would just say from like here on out, because we're going to be talking about the plot and the ending we're getting there, that there's going to be some spoilers here coming up. But there, other than the homages, if you have something you want to uh, bring up, but is there anything that particularly stood out to you about a death scene or like the filming of this one? I think you care about the characters. Like, so yeah. in the first one, you care about the characters yeah. like more. Cause you get a little bit of their, this kind of like their day to day life before Michael Myers attacks. And I think this one also does it where the other ones didn't. It's like more focused on Michael. And like, this one is of course focused on Michael too, but like you get little snippets of like each character. You're like, you care about the daughter and you care about like her friend and then um like you see like her like with her boyfriend and then like it seems to be going okay then like at the dance like she's like no fuck you dude for kissing that other girl (laughs) and then like i think what i like is like that i saw some criticism for that like they like michael myers movies all need to be funny but i was just like I had no problem with that. I was glad that there was comedy. It kind of like took, like it. It was a nice way of like bringing you back. Like it gave you breaks during tension, and I think that way it makes when scary things do happen, it's scarier rather than if if you're just like entirely like waiting for something. I feel like it's not as scary mm-hmm. than when you like when you feel safe and then it comes back at you, and then you're like because you drop your guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought the comedy did like like each like side character had like like funny things to say like yeah like the kid in the beginning who was like talking to his dad and like he was just like he said like, no I it's like I like hunting but you know I like I just, you know, just want to go dancing or whatever yeah dancing is what and I like that doing, yeah. and then that scene was scary like yeah. I was very scared uh, when he was like looking for his dad oh yeah um. Like on the and like on the bus, you like all these. I don't know if they're technically inmates, but all these people, psych ward. I don't know if I should say that word, but criminally insane. Yeah, Yeah, so patients. I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever they are, they're all just like walking around, and you're like, holy shit, this part is very tense. And you like, he comes across like a dead guard or a dying guard, and he's like, run. And I'm like, oh fuck. (laughs) Yeah, and then he. He shoots the Dr. Loomis character. Like Which I did. felt bad about yeah. at the time. You know? I was like, oh, why'd you have to do that? <laughs> then the new Loomis, as Jamie Lee Curtis calls him. Yeah, I got a good <laughs> kick out of that one. That That's a meta moment for the old films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, H2O is pretty meta, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, like, ridiculously meta. Because it's, like, post-Scream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that 2000? H two O. 
I thought it was like I thought it was ninety eight. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, because if it's twenty, if we if we got it in two thousand eighteen, yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad they brought it back. They brought it back at a good time. I'm I'm happy about this movie. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. <laughs> I was happy watching this and and like and like I'm gonna say like if it's fine, you don't think it's amazing, but for me, it was like a really great sequel and it took it. It like was more since it was like a tighter budget. I feel like it was able to be like the first movie, but like able to do its own thing at the same time. Like they had like financial constraints, which made them like be creative rather than if you throw money at it the problem will go away they had to figure out on their yeah. own like i like i really enjoyed the tracking shots with like yes call back to the first one awesome. but they're with mike they're with michael mars and he's going into these houses and it's like holy shit this is crazy like it's really intense and really well done i thought that was one of the he best just... like scene sequences of the movie is when he's like walking it's trick-or-treaters and he's like walking through all the houses and it's tracking shots I thought that was really well done. Yeah, I really enjoyed that part. It was mm. very spooky and mm. very enjoyable to watch as you like to be scared when you're watching a scary movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't think is necessary, but I I get why people want to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't like jump scares. It's it, it's that terror element. It creates the atmosphere of like Yeah. <laughs> Michael is out there in pre- in predator mode. And people are unaware in in the, in the dark. So it's just creepy. I want to bring up two complaints that I've seen on the internet. And I want to see how you guys feel about it. Like, the first complaint I saw was uh, the babysitter. Like, it was her... F- the, I don't even remember her name. But she's Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter. And her best friend's a babysitter. Yeah. yeah. You remember that part? And she's babysitting, like, a little boy. And he's very funny. Like, he's, like... He's like, I gotta get the hell out of here. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm not going. He's a, he just has a lot of good lines, mm-hmm. and like, I saw that people like were really annoyed by like his comedy, and I was like, again with the comedy, it's like, I don't get why people yeah, have a problem no, with it. I thought it brought some relief, you know, as you said, to the tension that was building. So I thought it was like perfectly placed, and uh, had no issue with that. I, I agree. Like, I'm because there was like so many other characters that also had comedy, like. Uh, like her boyfriend, like the babysitter's boyfriend, like got a tattoo. Yeah. Like this is the night, and then and like she's like, "I'm gonna try to fuck you or something." <laughs> and I was like, "What? What a line! Mm. Like that's a crazy ass line." Yeah. <laughs> no, I like that kid. I I didn't, and that comedy element I thought was good because it it almost seemed like that scene particular was like almost exactly from the original, which was Laurie's friend. Which is it's her yeah. granddaughter's friend now, who was babysitting, and she was having her boyfriend come over or whatever, and yeah. it was almost going to be identical. But the kid kind of breaks that that realm for me, where he was like, "You guys are going to smoke weed?" Because she called it something else. He's like, "I know you guys are going to bring your friends over and smoke weed here." He's like, "She called no. it Alakazam." She <laughs> she called Alakazam, it Alakazam. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, and I was like, the Pokemon. <laughs> he just sees right through it, and they're like joking back and forth. So it kind of breaks that element of the original, and it also, I thought it developed her character as her friend because we had, before that we'd only seen her like once walking on the sidewalk. Yeah, in the beginning, for I thought a lovable quality of like, oh, she just seems like 
a, a normal person. She's like really nice to him, and like she really likes him too. He really likes her too. Yeah, she's just she's a good babysitter who just likes to smoke weed with her friends. So like probably all babysitters. <laughs> yeah. So kind of I thought grounded her, made her, made me care about her and that little boy. It was a good scene. And so, oh, it makes me think of, now I remember t- another complaint. So then one was like, uh, back since we're talking about the babysitter, it was like how Michael Myers like was playful and like put her in a sheet and then like kind of decorated the room very quickly. And it was a very tense moment because like, you know, more spoilers here, but she's dead under the sheet and then like, yeah. like, they're like, oh, why is Michael Myers doing that? But, like, he does that in the first one. Like, he does it with the tombstone. Like, he he killed the babysitter in the original who looks like Judith Myers, and he put the tombstone there. Yeah. So, like, he's – it's not like he hasn't done – like, I feel like everything that has happened in the movie has been, like, kind of, like, established already in the franchise, if not already in the first one. Like, there's this, like – a little more comedy because you got fucking Danny McBride writing it. Right. So yeah, like I mean, like of course it's gonna happen, and I I I took it to my benefit because it made me enjoy the movie even more. Mm-hmm. But the second one, this I'm doubling down with the complaints, and then we'll talk about it. But then there was like a really creepy like after the tracking shot after he kills like a mom. And then he walks past a crib, oh, yeah. and then like the babe. everyone in the theater is like everyone in the theater was like oh shit. And then this walks by, and then complains sort of like, like oh Michael, the Michael Myers I know would kill the baby because it wouldn't human like it humanizes him too much, and like I think that's kind of bullshit because like it, there's no rhyme or reason to Michael Myers is killing like he passes by plenty of kids trick or treating and he doesn't kill any of them yeah. and he he killed the kid in the beginning of the movie the kid they were talking about dancing he killed him like. He just, just right. he, when he wants to kill, he kills. Is, is like the, I feel like people are trying to understand him too much when there's like, the point of Michael Myers is that you don't understand him because he is, evil and, and there he is kills no when he wants motive, to. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree with the baby. Like, it creates that tension when people are like, oh, he's gonna kill the baby, which is what they wanted, but yeah, he, there's no motive to him, and he walks by all the kids trick or treating. He strikes when he wants to. It's There's no rhyme or reason to it at all. So I think the only reason people complain is because they made such a point about it. Because the baby was crying off camera and he's walking that way. So it'd be like, oh, he's got to kill the baby now. But it's like, no, it's just to make you clearly think like this. Like, oh, no, he's, go- he's going yeah, it's... to. But... And if I can go back to the, you talk about him being playful with the, Goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you made up a mentioned a good point about in the original he used the gravestone for Judith Myers when he kills one of the babysitters, but in that same sequence in the movie he wears a ghost sheet. Not only does he put it on, he puts it on the victim in this one, so it's like a role reversal thing. But in the original he wears that before he kills the person who looks like Judith Myers, because the boyfriend That's she thinks true. it's the boyfriend wearing the ghost the ghost sheet, so he was more playful almost in that one than this one it's al- it's almost more sadistic in this one to like dress up your your victim yeah it's just like makes him it makes him even more like ruthless because like his he's killing way more mm-hmm. 
in this one. Yeah. Like they they make a joke about it. They're like, oh, like five people died in back in nineteen seventy eight. That's not that big of a deal by today's standards. Yeah. And then like in this one, and he's killing like fucking. Yeah. I don't even know what the body count was. It was yeah. at least at least twice at least twice that, if not more than oh, that. Oh yeah, easy. Than in the first one, he brutally murders those podcasters. Though that's for sure. Are they the yeah. first ones mm. to? Besides, no, the kid was first. Yeah, he he gets them second, and that oh that brings up another complaint I saw. A friend of mine was like, he's like, how the fuck did Michael Myers find the podcasters? And I'm like, yeah, do we really? Uh, I was like, I don't mean... care. It's a movie. It's a movie. Yeah, they, yeah. they were off. Like, I don't think he was even searching for the podcasters because they were off at like a gas station off the road, so they were driving somewhere. And he's heading into town. There, they were. I think they were. He was. So it makes sense. He was coming from Jamie Lee. They were coming from Jamie Lee Curtis's house, and he was going yep. to Hansfield. So like they're, you know, they're they're gonna cross paths, and like, and I said to my friend, I'm like, well, the podcaster had a theory that he had a connection to the mask, and I was like, he, I was like, there's your explanation right there. If mm-hmm. you need one, I didn't really care. I was like, it's just a movie, but like. And then we just even found a better reason. Like wow, they're they're leaving and he's coming in, and it's a small town, so yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It is, it's not that yeah. hard to figure out. Mm-hmm. We're solving all these problems. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you got next yeah. complaint is we'll we got it covered. <laughs> like, fine, you got complaints, but like, I feel like to me, they're stuff that's been established already they're just following the formula and making it a little different that's all yeah i would agree with that 100 percent. that's almost like a critique and a defend of mine for this movie and i don't want to i mean full blast going to defend or destroy but it does a really good job of kind of staying true to the original and like what made it good i don't think it hits that exactly it's hard to do that um it's it's its own film but it does a really good job of paying homage to it trying to keep true to the original compared to like three four five and six it's completely different than those um so that's why i defend it but i i, I would have wanted it a little more to like be something be something a little more original of itself because like even michael breaking out of the 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 bus is the same as the first one there's a loomis character there is a twist there um he's going after Lori. So, the plot is very similar to the original, which kind of makes it enjoyable, but I was hoping just for like a little more of a different spice, if that makes sense. The only spice that they had that I have a complaint about is that the new Loomis, like, turned mm-hmm. bad, because he wanted, he wanted to see how, like, if Michael Myers would talk, like, what, what would he say... And he, he's like, this is how it feels to kill. And he puts on the mask. And I was like, yeah, that part's kind of dumb. <laughs> like, I feel like it would have been fine without that part. <laughs> without him. Like, that's my only, like, that's my biggest complaint. And it didn't even bother me that much. It's just like, sometimes movies make a dumb decision. And that was mm-hmm. one of them for me. I don't even remember his name, to be honest. Dr. Loomis's character. New Loomis, new, yeah, new that's Loomis. what they call him. So that's what I'm sticking with. He's dead. Who cares? Well, I actually think that in an original script, they were going to have Loomis be in the opening scene of this movie. Don't quote me on that, but I'm like 90%. That was like one of the original openings instead of like what we saw where they're at the 
insane asylum or the the ward where Michael's at, it was going to be Loomis still there with uh, Michael. And then he obviously really hard to pull off since Donald Pleasance has been dead for right. some time. But they do have they do have his so the voice that actually that's not the actual actor. Like I thought, like they had just had someone impersonate him to do that recording and it sounds just like him like you remember we hear him talking about michael myers like about yeah, like the, the case recorder. or whatever yeah the, yeah just like in a, like someone doing an impression what haven't we covered <laughs> we're we're still like not like there's not a lot to spoil about this movie because like you obviously know that michael myers is going to kill people and that's what he does very well in this movie and then of course there's the final sequence that i feel like is very great (laughs) and i think i'm just gonna leave it at that i think it's a great like kind of like closing point to jamie lee curtis's character of like what she's been preparing for for all these years i think Mm -hmm. yeah and then like uh i don't know what do you think Lindsay? i feel like you've been kind of quiet i really i mean i think that there's been talk of uh a sequel to follow imagine that um but i really like i for me i think it would be good to just kind of leave it here i think uh, that final showdown was uh pretty great and i'm like okay i think that the story um should end here so i think they want to see um how it does and uh what the reaction and you know all of that goes but uh i know i hope they leave it alone i think it it did what it was supposed to. Like you don't want a sequel Not really, to this movie, no. but I mean, there is a contract that uh, Michael Myers is unkillable, so we'll see. Yeah, I would not be upset if they make a sequel. To be honest, like, uh, like I enjoyed this movie, and if it's at least like, like almost as good, <laughs> like I would be happy because like they leave it in a way to where totally. they can pretty much leave it alone or like do a sequel which was good and then they said like, like you said they're gonna wait to see how it performs and it fucking performed because i looked up the box office oh. and it's 126 million off like a 15 million dollar it's budget. only been a week Boy. too at this time i think it's number one in the box office last week and this week uh so the past two weekends it's been number one and i thought it was the number one october movie of all That's time or horror october movie I think, yeah, it definitely is, like, just got some box office records. I think it was not able to beat Venom in the end, which was the previous, like... Yeah. week. Like, they, they were close. Yeah. Like, it was, like, a week apart, I want to say. And Venom made it a lot of money. And I think Halloween fell a little short mm-hmm. of what Venom made in its first weekend. Because Halloween made, like, $77 million. And like Venom, I don't. I think Venom had like eighty or something. Pretty close. I'd say it's pretty good for a a horror movie compared to a Marvel comic, especially in the world of Marvel comic. Everybody goes and sees every one that comes out right now. Yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of people are talking about Halloween right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are. I mean, yeah. I mean. Well, it's what we do. We, we love horror movies, but like, it's it's nice to see that other people are into it too, or not into it too. Like whatever, as long as they're seeing it, like, 
Uh, kind of makes me happy. This movie was uh, released on Michael Myers' birthday. I read the nineteenth. That's hilarious. So uh, oh, that's, that's hilarious. Great. I didn't know that was his birthday. Oh, <laughs> I read it on IMDb. Oh, there you go. Do you guys have any uh, final thoughts before we go into our next segment? Like anything you didn't get to talk about? I don't think so. No, I talked. I feel like quite a bit. Yeah, I feel like I was talking a lot. <laughs> oh, there's one thing um, that I thought was interesting. Also, kind of a trivia um, tidbit, but uh, with the role of Allison, you know, I was reading that they were looking at casting some pretty well-known actresses, but in the end, they went with an unknown um, because they wanted to mirror what they did with the, with uh, Jamie Lee back in 1978. Also, cast as an unknown, so I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know if they do do a sequel in the future if uh, it'll focus more on you know that family and Allison um, as the main character or what. But uh, I thought it was cool that they ended up going back, you know, to another uh, reference to the past, I suppose. But interesting. Yeah. I hope all three, like if they do do a sequel, all three women, like from the family of the Shroud family come back because that was like a cool dynamic that we haven't seen in a slasher movie, I would say. Like, like you have the final girl, but like you don't see like final girls. Girls. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like from the same family, like, like yeah. they're all surviving together. Yeah. And they're, they're really the only ones who are doing anything that's smart. Like, I guess like, the cop that was there for the original night, day or whatever, like, he was he ran him over, so he tried to kill Michael Myers, but then <laughs> he yeah. got he got distracted by that new Loomis. He's like, I'm gonna stab you in the throat with this hidden scalpel. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, with that, we can probably move into defend or destroy. And... Yeah, lead it off, lead it All off, right. Lindsay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna wholeheartedly defend this movie. Um, I thought it was really well made, and um, you know, I think as we kind of established, it recaptured a lot of what the original had going for it. Um, the score, like, truly chilled me to the bone, um, and uh, I really, I loved it. And like I said, I don't think a sequel is necessary. Wouldn't be surprised if they go there, and you know, like Peter wouldn't be mad about it. But uh, I really think they should keep it there. And, um, yeah, I really liked it, so it's going to be a defend for me. Would you like to take it, or you want me to roll with it? No, yeah, I could definitely go. Uh, I also defend it, and I I hope they make a sequel, because, like, if they don't, then someone else will. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's one of, one of the things that, like, how Jason Blum pitched it to John Carpenter. He's like, if we don't do it, someone else is going to do it, and, like, you might as well be on the ride yeah. and make sure that it goes the way you want it. Like, so yeah. I hope, like they do a couple movies and then they can make some shitty ones after that and then make a really good one again in 20 years uh, you know <laughs> it kind of seems to be the tradition of like making a really good one after 20 years of <laughs> of it being like eh, somewhat okay <laughs> right yeah yeah there's a lot of things to like there's a lot of callbacks to the original and it being its own movie it being scary great score like you said Lindsay, and just bring back Michael's like whole like mythology yeah. like to its roots and like making him like scary again and like, making him comical or like 
being bested by Busta Rhymes or <laughs> or yeah, you know, just he's this good old Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go then. Uh, round it out. I'm going to. I'm going to defend Halloween 2018. <laughs> Why'd you say it like I just that? Just wanted to build this attention. <laughs> uh, for me, I like I teetered like on Defender Destroy, and only because I wanted, as I said, to see like more of a departure from like the original, like because it seemed like the the mm. plot a lot. But on the whole, I, I just like looked at it and I went, um, "It's pretty tight." Like the the acting to the script and everything, and, and John Carpenter's on board with the the uh, the score, which was great. Um, so I said, compared to like Curse of Michael Myers and stuff, this movie far surpasses it. I'm putting like too high of a standard on the Defender Destroy because I kind of wanted that departure a little more. So I do defend it. It's a good, it's a very good horror movie and a Halloween movie. Uh, I also liked with the score, it is that original music that you're used to but also there's times where he like slows it down in like kind of more serious scenes but it's that, still that same dot, 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 dot. but it's it's just like a, a different adaptation of it and I thought that was really well done um, and there were some new new stylistic elements to the film that added to the, the franchise so I'm guessing there's going to be a sequel <laughs> just because of how successful it was and then that final shot you don't see Michael like at the very end yeah so exactly I'm guessing we'll see Michael another day apparently you hear breathing at there's like a post 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 credits I don't know I, I don't know I if this is actually this. true but I yeah I thought it just ended and I was fine with that but apparently you hear him breathing maybe during the credits or something like that yep he until he's dead, he's dead. We've never seen him die, so. I mean, he's just, he's Michael Myers. He just doesn't yeah. die. Mm-hmm. His legend will live yeah. on. Well, with that, I think we've, that's unanimous defend from the It Records gang on this Halloween episode of the new Halloween 2018. Go out and see it. Clearly, we recommend it. It's in theater. It's a fun theater movie. I went opening night, and it was like a really cool communal feel to it. People were like cheering on the screen or gasping at the same time. So I hope that's still that's still out there um, and go see it as Halloween's approaching. But until next time, I'm Matt Johnson. You and I'll remain in those shadows. I'm Peter Hansen, and you should do as I say. As Laurie Strode would say to Tommy Doyle and her granddaughter. <laughs> I'm Lindsay Clark, and it's about time to face your fate.